Innalhamdalillah Nahmeduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ghfiruh Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa sayyiati a'malina Man yahdihillahu falamudillala Wa man yudlil falahadiyala Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika la Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Amma ba'd so tonight then, we carry on with Kitab al-Tawheed of al-Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah ta'ala with the explanation we've been using of al-Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan hafizahullah ta'ala and we're on the chapter where we had reached regarding omens regarding At-Tatayyur and in particular the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qal la adwa wa la tirah wa la hamma wa la saf akhrajahu in this hadith there were four things mentioned and in the last lesson, we started and covered the first one, which was La Adwa, that there is no contagion. And we mentioned that Sheikh Al Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, highlighted that the meaning of contagion is. انتقال المرض من شخص إلى شخص أو من بهيمة إلى بهيمة أو مكان إلى مكان That it is the transfer of illness from a person to another or an animal to another or a place to another place. وَالْمَرَضْ يَتَعَدَّى مِنْ مَحَلْ إِلَى مَحَلْ وَيَتَعَدَّى مِنَ الْمَرِيضِ إِلَى السَّلِيمِ وَيَتَعَدَّى مِنَ الْجَرْبَاءِ إِلَى الصَّحِيحَةِ هذا شيء موجود And he mentioned how illness it may transfer from one place to another from the sick to the healthy and this is something that is present and known but then if that is the case if it is present and known as the sheikh says then how did he explain the hadith that there is no contagion the answer was anyone anyone It's not an absolute no. The contagion of Jahiliyyah. That is what the Sheikh had highlighted. That the meaning of the hadith is that there is no contagion upon the understanding of Jahiliyyah, whereby they used to believe that diseases transmit in and of themselves. Nothing to do with the decree of Allah. 
So he had mentioned Ar-Rasulu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La yanfi hadha Wa innama yanfi al-adwa Al-lati kana ya'taqiduha ahlul jahiliyya Min anna al-marad yata'adda binafsihi Biduni taqdiri allahi subhanahu wa ta'ala that the messenger was not negating the existence of contagion, but he was negating the contagion that the people of Jahiliya used to believe in, that illnesses transmit in and of themselves, by themselves, without the decree of Allah. And that is negated in Islam. So illness does not transmit by itself from place to place or person to person or animal to animal. The people of Jahiliyyah used to believe that it transmits by itself. Rather we say that it is, as the Sheikh mentioned, فَمَا وَجْهُ التَّفْرِيقِ what is the difference between the two then? Between us saying that contagion exists, but by the decree of Allah and the people of Jahiliya saying it exists and transmits by itself. The difference between the two of them is of course, the decree of Allah. We affirm that it may occur, but only by the decree of Allah. The Shaykh says that is the difference. Ma What is the difference between those two scenarios? The difference between them is that it returns back to the will of Allah. And that is why you could have somebody with some disease or illness and multiple other people mix with that individual, maybe his own family members. He is sick at home and his wife is looking after him and his children are there and they're all in that same house and nobody else becomes ill maybe. And it could be one of the diseases or illnesses that is considered to be contagious and yet nobody else becomes ill. That is perfectly correct and it may well be the situation because we do not say that illness transmits by itself. Rather it is by the decree of Allah if it occurs. And so some may become ill after mixing, some may not. It is simply a means to it occurring. And not everything that where the means are taken necessitates that the conclusion or the consequence will occur. As Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned, sometimes a person may take all of the means to a particular affair of goodness takes all of the means that Allah has provided to try and get some goodness he's aiming for. And yet, even after taking all of the means, 
He doesn't achieve that goodness. It doesn't occur for him. And a person may say then why? He took all of the means that Allah provided for us and yet he didn't get it. Because as Ibn Qayyim highlighted, there may be counteractive means. Other means that are counteracting these means. That perhaps he took all of the means to that goodness, did all of the goodness, but at the same time maybe he was doing other forms of evil and haram and sin. And so that was counteracting his means to goodness now and negating it or nullifying it and therefore he didn't get that goodness. And the same, the opposite, Ibn al-Qayyim said, sometimes all of the means may be there for some evil to occur to a person. All of the means may be there for some evil to occur to a person. Such that if you described that situation to someone, if you were to say to them so and so, this happened and that happened and this happened and you describe all of the scenario, a person who is hearing that scenario would think there is no way that person is going to survive that. That happened and this happened and A, B, C, D and a million things all coming together. There is no way he could possibly survive that situation. And yet, he survives that situation even though all of the means and all of the circumstances and things required for you to expect that evil to occur are all there coinciding upon this person yet the evil doesn't occur ibn al-qayyim said because maybe that individual was performing some goodness and from his taqwa and from his righteousness such that those means counteracted all of the other means to the evil that would or may have occurred to him. And so it doesn't because these counteract those. And so that's what it may be. Ibn Qayyim highlighted that in this discussion too. Sometimes a person may not become ill even though he mixes with somebody who has, as they say, a contagious illness because of other means of piety and righteousness and goodness that counteract the means of the contagion occurring to him and him becoming ill. So that is the brief discussion summarizing what we spoke about last time regarding la adwa. So in summary the Sheikh says يعني على ما كان يعتقده أهل الجاهلية أما أن العدوى تحصل بإذن الله فهذا أمر واقع uh, So لا عدوى in the narration meaning how the people of Jahiliya used to believe that diseases transmit by themselves and it's important to know that because many people especially in these countries and elsewhere with the kuffar, as, as far as they are concerned, they are upon the adwa of jahiliyyah. As far as they are concerned, they are upon that. They are not upon belief in Allah and decree. So as far as they are concerned, uh, uh, mixing with the ill and 
and sneezing and coughing and these affairs, they are the means themselves, in and of themselves, for the disease to transmit to you. And that is false. A person needs to remember it is by the decree of Allah. You could mix with somebody with a contagious disease and he coughs and sneezes and all of that, whatever it might be, and you do not become ill whatsoever. So a person needs to remember that. It is by the decree of Allah all that occurs, occurs. مَا اللَّهُ كَانْ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَأْ لَمْ يَكُنْ Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills occurs, and whatever He does not will, then it does not occur. So, so as for contagion occurring that you do end up becoming ill after mixing with somebody ill, then that can occur if it is by the decree of Allah for it to occur, by the permission of Allah for that to occur. That is simply a means to it. And that is how the scholars, they explain those narrations about staying away from the one who is ill or keeping the camels away from those who are ill, etc. And we spoke about that last time. Then we move on to the second part of the narration. Because remember, there were four negations in this hadith. Four negations were being made. Four things the messenger was telling us, they do not exist. The first, the issue of contagion upon how they believed in jahiliyyah that diseases transmit by themselves. They do not. It is by the decree of Allah. Secondly, that there are no, in the general sense of it, omens. We spoke about this briefly in the previous chapters about how the people in Jahiliyyah used to have uh, pessimism, not optimism, pessimism in omens. And so at the time of Musa alayhi salam, when something bad occurred to them, they would say, this is because of Musa alayhi salam. They had their omens in him and their pessimism in him. And when they used to go and throw stones at the trees, if the birds flew out in a particular direction, they would say that's optimism, good luck. You should go out and do your business today and go about your affairs. But if they threw the stone into the tree and the birds flew out in the opposite direction, in the wrong direction as far as they were concerned, they would say that is pessimism now. Bad luck, the birds flew out that way. Don't go today to town, don't do your business, keep your shop closed today, stay at home. It's a bad luck day. So they would have pessimism in their affairs in these various omens. So that is the second thing the messenger is warning against here. That there is no <coughs> bad luck omens of that nature. 
There is no tatayyur uh, that a person does, uh, 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 believing in bad omens and pessimism and bad luck in this affair or that affair. And so the Sheikh says, your iman should drive you. Not that you become weak and overcome by pessimism in your affairs. You do not allow the tasha'um, the pessimism, to overcome you. That you are depressed in everything and uh, considering everything to be bad luck and nothing's going right for you and you're not going to leave your home, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that upon a state of pessimism in all of your affairs. Rather, that is, the Sheikh says, a deficiency in your aqidah and a weakness in your trust and dependence and reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you allow these feelings and emotions and this concept of bad luck and omens to overcome you. وَإِذَا وَجَدْتَ فِي نَفْسِكَ تَشَاؤُمًا أَوْ كَرَاهِيَّةً فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَأَقْدِمْ The Shaykh says, if you find in yourself some feeling of pessimism over an affair or some disliking towards an affair, you have that weak feeling in yourself regarding something, then override that. Put your trust in Allah and proceed. Put your trust in Allah and proceed. Do not allow feelings of bad luck, as the kuffar they do, to overcome you. Friday the 13th, it's a bad luck day. Be careful, don't go out, don't this, don't that. Walking under the ladder, the black cat smashing the mirror, all of these things. Bad luck, be careful now, stay at home. And they allow all of that to override their minds. Do not allow that to occur, the Sheikh says. If you get that type of feeling with anything, then put your trust in Allah and proceed. Do not allow that pessimism and omens to have an effect upon you. And the Sheikh says, "Atiyara laysa laha asl bikhilaf al-adwa wa inna ma hiya min al-shaytan." فَهِيَ تَخَيُّلٌ مِنَ الْإِنسَانِ بِسَبَبِ وَسْوَسَةِ الشَّيْطَانِ He says, omens have no basis to them whatsoever. The birds fly out this way or that way. It's Friday the 13th coinciding that date with that day. The black cat, the ladder, none of these things have any basis to them whatsoever. None of these things have any impact or effect whatsoever they are absolutely nothing and he says that is different to the first item that was mentioned contrary to the contagion which does have a basis to it that it can occur by the decree of Allah but this there is no basis to it there is no basis to the Friday the 13th could be a bad luck day by the decree of Allah. It's not connected to that at all. If something bad happens to you on that day, you end up in an accident on that day, there is no connection whatsoever to the calendar having said 13th and it being a Friday. No connection, no basis whatsoever. So the Shaykh highlights that the connection here is only to the shaitan. 
and it is not to anything else. Then the third thing mentioned, وَقَوْلُهُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَلَا هَامَّ الْهَامَّ طَائِرٌ يُسَمَّ الْبُومَةِ Now this is another interesting one that the people of Jahiliyyah used to believe in. كَانَ الْعَرَبِ يَتَشَأَمُونَ بِهِ إِذَا وَقَعَ عَلَى بَيْتِ أَحَدِهِمْ قَالْ نَعَا إِلَيَّ نَفْسِي أَوْ أَحَدًا مِنْ أَهْلِي كانوا يتشاءمون بها ويقولون البوم لا يقع إلا على الخراب فهذا من عقيدة الجاهلية The ham is in reference to a particular type of bird and that is البوم which is like the owl What do they mention in the English ones? <coughs> the owl البوم the owl and they used to believe in Jahiliyyah that if the owl happens to come and land on your house, it comes and flies and sits on your roof, comes and lands on your house, then that is a sign of bad luck for you. That is a sign of bad luck. And they used to believe that an owl does not come and land upon a house except that some type of destruction and ruin is going to occur to that household. Except that some type of ruin or destruction is going to occur to that household. That is what they used to believe. And it is the complete uh, it is completely baseless once again, connecting the bird, the owl, to destruction and ruin. If anything, the owl is, makes a very calming type of sound at night. And we used to have owls behind where I live. There used to be an owl very close by somewhere. And you could hear it every night and it was a very calming noise. But then the destruction occurred from the bulldozers when they came and built houses there and the owl disappeared. The owl disappeared. The destruction wasn't caused by the owl. It was caused by the people. They came and built houses. And here they believe the owl, when it lands on your house, it is going to cause destruction and ruin to you. And some of them they used to believe, وَبَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ يَزْعُمُونَ أَنَّهُ إِذَا قُتِلَ الْقَتِيلُ وَلَمْ يُؤْخَذْ لَهُ الثَّابِثَارِ فَإِنَّهُ يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ طَائِرٌ يُسَمَّ الْهَامَّ وَيُصَوِّتْ أَسْبُونِي أَسْبُونِي يعني خُذُوا بِالثَّارِ نعم They used to believe in Jahiliyyah that if somebody in your family is murdered if somebody in your family is murdered and you don't go and take revenge and deal with the murderer, they used to believe that something, like some type of spirit or something, comes out of that murdered person, the one who had killed from your relatives, some type of spirit or thing comes out of him into the form of this bird. Into the form of this bird. And then this bird, known as the Hama. Then that bird comes and speaks, Aspuni, Aspuni, 
meaning take revenge for me, take revenge for me. The bird then says that. And so they used to believe that this is the Hama, the Hama, a, 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 some type of spirit or thing that comes out of that murdered person if you don't take revenge for him. And it comes out in the form of a bird that comes to you and then says, take revenge for me, take revenge for me. There's some poetry that mentions it. Ya Amru illam tada' dhammi wa mathlabati adribuka hatta taqool alham askuni. They used to mention this in poetry uh, about how the murdered one would have this, this bird that emanates from him and then seeks revenge for that murder that occurred. So that is something they used to believe in and the Prophet ﷺ absolutely negated the existence of that. Then the last one mentioned the fourth item in the hadith, Wala Safar. This has two opinions of the scholars regarding what the Safar is. Wala Safar. The first statement of the scholars أن المراد بصفر شهر صفر that the meaning of صفر is the month of صفر the Islamic months one of them is called صفر which is what month of the Islamic calendar hmm? the second the first is حرم and then صفر the second month of the Islamic calendar it is one of the months of the Islamic calendar some scholars say when the messenger said Wala Safar that he was referring to that particular month. Because just like Friday the 13th, a particular combination, a particular day, they used to believe in Jahiliyyah that whole month, the whole month of Safar was a bad luck month. They used to believe the whole month of Safar, the second month of the Islamic calendar. It's like saying in English, the whole month of February is a bad luck month. They used to believe the whole month of Safar is a bad luck month. So in that month, they would not do any marriages in that month. They would not marry anybody in that month nobody would get married no marriages would occur in the month of Safar because they believed it was bad luck that particular month they wouldn't leave their homes to go traveling anywhere if you had to travel somewhere go on a journey somewhere business or whatever they wouldn't do it in that month believing if you travel out in this month who knows what might happen to you on your journey if you go in this bad luck month, they never even used to conduct their business in that month. Believing if I go out uh, to the market or go out to do some business deal, it's going to all go bad. I'm going to lose my money and this is going to happen. My business will go bankrupt. They believed all of the evil omens of that month upon their business. So they wouldn't even go conduct their business. وَيَعْتَقِدُونَ أَنَّهُ شَهْرٌ مَشْؤُومٌ 
And they believed that the whole month of Safar was a bad luck month. فَرَدَّ عَلَيْهِمُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ بِأَنَّهُ لَيْسَ هُنَاكَ صَفَرْ مَشْؤُبُ So the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rebuked that and informed them there is no such thing as a bad luck month of Safar. وَإِنَّمَا صَفَرْ شَهْرٌ مِنْ أَشْهُرِ اللَّهِ Rather the month of Safar, it is a month from the months of Allah. لَيْسَ فِيهِ شُؤْمٌ وَلَا شَرٌ There is no pessimism or omens in that month or evil associated to that month. It is a month from amongst the months of the year. That is one opinion as to what the messenger meant by saying لا صفر. The second opinion أن المراد بصفر مرض يكون في المعدة يزعمون أنه يعدي غير المصاب به. This is similar to the issue of contagion that the second opinion about suffer is that they believed it was a disease of the the stomach area of the the intestinal area and they believed that this disease it uh, was contagious and transmitted to others by itself and caused that disease and illness in others so once again the messenger highlighted there is no such thing of that nature there is no transmittance of disease by itself Rather, if that occurs, it is by the decree of Allah. We mentioned the hadith about the camels when it was mentioned, do not take the healthy camels alongside or mixing with the ill camels when taking them to the watering hole so that the healthy camels can be kept away from the ill ones. When uh, uh, the Bedouin came to the Prophet ﷺ, when this was mentioned, La Adwa, there is no contagion. The Bedouin came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, But I see with my own eyes that when a sick camel, a camel becomes sick and mixes with the other camels, they are all completely healthy after a while. They all end up becoming sick. I see it with my own eyes that contagion is occurring. So then the messenger said to him, فَمَنْ أَعْدَ الْأَوَّلِ But then who made the first one sick? All the others, they became sick as you say, from your observation because of them catching it or the transmission occurring from the first sick one and then the others all becoming sick from there. But then how did the first one become sick then? Meaning in basic terminology of our time how did the first one catch it from where so then the messenger was obviously highlighting to this Bedouin that the first camel became sick because of the decree of Allah he was highlighting to the Bedouin that the first camel became sick because of the decree of Allah and just like that all the others only became sick because of the decree of Allah. So the messenger clarified to the Bedouin when the Bedouin was confused over the issue of no contagion. When the messenger mentioned there is no contagion, he said, but I can see it with my own eyes. 
that contagion happens. So then the messenger highlighted, but how did the first one become sick? So the Bedouin understands the first one became sick by the decree of Allah and therefore understands that all of the others, they only became sick because of the decree of Allah. Therefore understanding the negation of the messenger that there is no contagion to be upon the previous understandings they used to be upon, that it transmits by itself. So once again here the messenger highlighted wala safar, one of the meanings of that, this intestinal type of disease that they believed was contagious in and of itself. The messenger highlighted there is no disease that transmits in and of itself in that way. Only by the decree of Allah. وَلَكِنْ سَوَاءٌ قِيلَ هَذَا أَوْ هَذَا كُلُّهُ مَنْفِيٌّ سَوَاءٌ تَشَاءَمُ مِنَ الشَّهْرِ أَوْ تَشَاءَمُ مِنَ الْمَرَضِ كُلُّهُ لَا أَصْلَ لَهُ فَلَيْسَ فِي الشَّهْرِ شُؤْمٌ وَلَا فِي الْمَرَضِ So the Sheikh says, regardless of whether suffer has the meaning of the month or this type of intestinal uh, disease, this stomach type of disease they believed was contagious, and it caused harm to the people, in whatever meaning we apply, the overall uh, benefit and the overall point is the same. That there is no pessimism or omens attached to any of that. There is no bad luck or omens attached to the month of Safar. There is no bad luck or omens attached to any particular stomach disease. Anything that occurs, if anybody else becomes ill, it is only by the decree of Allah. If anything occurs in the month of Safar, it is purely because it was the decree of Allah, not connected to it being Safar. Just like nothing is connected to it being 13th of Friday. وَإِنَّمَا الْأَمْرَاضِ بِيَدِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى And the Shaykh says, all diseases and illnesses, they are in the control of Allah. All diseases and illnesses, they are in the control of Allah. وَهُوَ الَّذِي يُنزِلُهَا And He is the one who sends them down. He is the one that sends those illnesses and diseases down. وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَرْهَعُهَا And He is the one that removes them. He is the one that sends them down. And then He is the one that removes them. وَهُوَ الَّذِي يُمْرَضْ وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَشْفِي He is the one that causes a person to become ill. And he is the one that causes that person to return to health. It is all in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لا دخل للشهور ولا دخل لغيرها في هذا الأمر. There is nothing to do with the particular months or anything to do with anything else. All of those affairs are purely in the control of Allah by the decree of Allah. So notice then, in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ rejected or negated four items. The contagion, the omens, the hamma, in reference to the bird and those things that we mentioned, and the safar in reference to the month or the stomach disease. Four of these items were negated. 
This negation, does it mean when it says, for example, la tiyara, that there is no omens? Does it mean that the people of Jahiliya never engaged in omens? They engaged in omens, they looked at where the birds they fly out and they engaged in omens. So the actual action or presence of omens, that was present. They used to do it. Throw the stones and see where the birds fly. They used to do it all. The omens existed amongst them in Jahiliyyah. The hama about the owl. Did they used to look out for the owl and when it landed on their houses and say those things? They used to say all of that. They used to believe in all of that. When the owl landed... They believed and they used to say, it wants revenge, it's this, it's that. The actual act of that occurring existed. The Safar, did they used to take omens by the month of Safar and therefore not marry in that month and not travel in that month and not do their business in that month? Did they used to refrain from those things in that month or not? They did. And this is one of the evidences the scholars they use, one of the strong evidences. That the messenger in this hadith was not negating these four things in an absolute fashion. There was no absolute negation of omens. They existed. They used to do them. There was no absolute negation of the owl and those things. They used to do them. There was no absolute negation of the suffer and the month. They used to do it. The actual acts existed. But the intention behind them or the meaning of them did not so the the tiara the birds and omens they did it all but it does not exist in reality as they believed it doesn't exist like that there's no omens they believed in the owl thing and they did it but it doesn't exist in reality it doesn't have any impact there's no evil from the owl and the month of suffer they did all of that refrained from their activities, but in reality there is no effect from the month of Safar upon their actions. There is no effect of the owl upon their actions. There is no effect of the birds flying out upon their actions. So the actual acts existed, but the, the effects of what they believed did not. And that is why the scholars say, when it comes to the first one, Adwa, it has to be the same as the other three. You cannot separate Adwa from the other three. It's the same. Contagion existed and does exist, but not upon the effect that they believed. Just like all the others existed for them, but not upon the effect that they believed. So all four are the same. They all existed and exist, but not upon the effect that they believed. They believed in diseases transmitting by themselves, doesn't exist. They believed that the birds flying out and these omens impact their affairs, it does not. They believe the owl is there for revenge and those things, obviously it is not. They believe the month of Safar had bad luck in it, obviously it does not. So that is the explanation some of them they gave, that the la in this case is annafiya lil jins but that the khabar is mahdhuf 
because it was known. But it was known to all of them the Adwa is in reference to Adwa Jahiliyyah. And the Tiara is in reference to the Tiara Jahiliyyah. And the Hama of Jahiliyyah. And the Safar of Jahiliyyah. So that is this first narration negating the impacts of these things that they do not uh, exist and there is no impact of them in that way even if the actual actions were being done by them. Then there is an addition mentioned by Al-Imam Muslim. What time is Asha? 9.30? So then Zada Muslim, Al-Imam Muslim added on to this narration two more things. Four negations were made there. And two more are added on in the narration of Muslim. He says also, Zada Muslim, Yani Zada Ala Al Arba'a Al Madhkura Fasarat Sitta. He added on Wala Noa and Wala Rula. Wala Noa, Wala Rula. And no, it is in reference to the stars again. How they used to believe the stars impact worldly events. The stars, they have an impact upon when it rains. The stars have an impact on various events and occurrences that occur in this world. They believed it was connected to the stars and as a consequence of the stars. That was what they used to believe in Jahiliyyah. And that is a belief that existed in many uh, nations historically throughout the world. The connection in their beliefs to the stars and the impact of the stars. So that is one thing that was being negated also as per the narration of Al-Imam Muslim. Rejecting the existence of the impact of the stars on the worldly affairs. And there is a full narration on that. We're going to get to it. A full narration regarding the stars when the messenger prayed with them and it was raining and then said to them who saw uh, the stars, etc. Or the link between the stars will come to that. And then... So then after that also, uh, and that is in Fibab Tanjim in the chapter regarding the stars. Uh... The Sheikh mentions the hadith here, but we'll mention it when we get there. And the second one, وَلَا غُولَ الْغُولَ أَحَدُ الْغَيَلَانِ وَالْغَيَلَانِ مِنْ أَعْمَالِ شَيَاطِينِ تَتَشَكَّلُ أَمَامَ النَّاسِ فِي الْفَلَوَاتِ خُصُوصًا إِذَا اسْتَوْحَشَ الْإِنسَانِ تَتَشَكَّلُ أَمَامَهُ أَشْيَاءَ تُظِلُّهُ عَنِ الطَّرِيقِ إِمَّا بِأَنْ يَرَى أَمَامَهُ نَارًا تَتَنَقَّلْ أو أسوات يسمعها أو غير ذلك ولهذا يقول صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا تغولت الغيلان فبادروا بالأذان يعني أنه إذا تغول الغول أمامك فبادر إلى ذكر الله فإن ذكر الله يطرد الشيطان فإذا ذكرت الله أو تلوت القرآن ذهب عنك هذا العمل الشيطاني الغول is 
I mean, basically, ghosts. <laughs> that a person, he thinks or imagines he's seeing ghosts. Especially when you're out. What do they say in English? Spirits. Spirits, ghosts, those types of things. The Sheikh says this is where the shayateen, the shaitan, the shayateen, they appear in these ghost-like forms in front of you or they appear in these spirit-like forms in front of you especially when you're in some maybe <coughs> deserted place perhaps a person is traveling especially in those days through the deserts and maybe you're traveling at night in the silence of the desert and no lights no nothing pitch black and then suddenly you see some movement of some, as we say now, a ghostly figure or some spirit-like figure. And you see these things in front of you in order to cause you to fear or to turn away from the direction you are traveling. Or maybe you may see, imagine some type of fire in front of you. You see a fire burning and then you go the other way. Or you hear sounds the ghost sounds and other types of sounds that are of a scary nature. You may hear those or other than that. You know, when you look at these types of narrations and you see the explanation of the scholars as to what this is, then it becomes clear as to where the kuffar, they get all of this from and where it has existed in, in culture where they uh, bring about all of these things of ghosts and spirits and maybe flying things, and that is exactly what the shayateen would do. That is exactly how they may appear. They may appear to a person in that, what we say now, the ghost-like image, floating some type of spirit in front of you. That's what the shayateen may do. They may do these things, and they may make sounds and noises. Sounds and noises to cause fear when you are in some deserted or abandoned area or place and there's nobody else there or for some of the masakin mashallah in your home by yourself and you hear something and that's it so a person may hear things that are of the a scary nature to them so the prophets and the messenger mentioned walahu that's the point here that there is nothing all of that is just the shaitan playing around all of that is the shaitan causing you to fear the shayateen may be taking some forms or appearances, making some sounds, and it is nothing uh, in reality, and there is no uh, 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 effect. There is no effect from those things, and they are not to be feared. And the messenger said, if that happens, if you see these ghosts or other things and sounds and noises <coughs> and scary things appear to you, then فَبَادِرُوا بِالْأَذَانِ Then hasten to do the adhan. And the point of that is that if the shayateen are doing those things to scare you, you do the adhan which is the open dhikr of Allah. And that open dhikr of Allah, it nullifies and negates the shayateen and it causes them to disperse. يَعْنِي إِذَا تَغَوَّلَ الْغُولَ مَامَكَ فَبَادِرْ إِلَى ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ the remembrance of Allah causes the shayateen to be expelled away from you. 
وكانوا في الجاهلية يعتقدون في هذه الغيلان أنها تحدث لهم شرا So in Jahiliya they used to believe that these uh, 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 ghosts and sounds and scary things that they may see or hear They used to believe that they will cause evil for them So the Prophet ﷺ highlighted to them a negation of that These things will not do anything to you They are simply the shayateen causing uh, a fear upon you They are only uh, 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 actions of the shayateen that have no harm upon you in reality and they cannot do anything to you in reality uh, other, uh, other than of course we always say what occurs to you by the decree of Allah what occurs to you by the decree of Allah occurs but uh, otherwise you do not have fear of the shayateen and ghosts and these affairs and a person really should not have fear of those types of things and it's not a joke we were just joking now about somebody in their house by themselves and all of a sudden you can hear sounds downstairs. And there is nothing, especially, for example, in winter. In winter, you're alone in your home and you can suddenly hear all the sounds. And it sounds like somebody's breaking in and this is happening and that's happening. And half the time it is the pipes and the ice and the water and all types of things in the house. The boiler making some noise, something going on. A person should not be of this weak constitution. A person should not be of this weakness that you're miskeen to that level. Fear of everything by yourself in your house and you need to double check and you can't turn the light off until you put the phone on first, put the phone light on first, then you can turn the light off and walk off. Because if you turn the light off, now it's going to go dark and how are you going to get to the door? And the fear is there. It's, it's, a, it's a bad thing. In reality, it shows a level of weakness in the tawheed of a person. That you're that fearful. You can't turn the light off in the living room without opening the door first. Because if you turn the light off, then you have to walk to the door and it's going to be dark before you walk to the door. It's a miskeen state to be in. A person should have strength in their iman, in their tawakkal upon Allah, knowing that nothing is going to harm you. Nothing is going to harm you or do anything to you. It is all by the decree of Allah. Umar ibn al-Khattab, when he used to be walking down the street, they mentioned in seerah. When Umar ibn al-Khattab used to be walking down the street, the shayateen would seek a different pathway. Such was the, the strength of Umar ibn al-Khattab in his iman. So a person should not be a weakling like that in his, in his iman, in his heart. Such fear of everything, <laughs> everywhere. It is not a good state. A person who is firm upon his tawheed Firm upon the remembrance of Allah, doing his adhkar, doing all of the supplications, doing all of his obedience. That's when you find strength in and of yourself. But a person who never does his morning adhkar, evening adhkar, never does his supplications after the prayer, doesn't do anything, is weak in his iman like that, then he is the type of person who is going to be weak in his build-up, in his constitution, in his character. He's going to be weak. Because of the weakness of his connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the one who is strong in his connection to Allah, then that individual finds strength in of his heart also. Then the next narration begins, which is similar to the previous narration. وَلَهُمَا عَنْ أَنَسٍ قَالْ وَأَنَسٍ 
رضي الله عنه he said قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا عدوى ولا طيرة ويعجبني الفأل قالوا ما الفأل قال الكلمة الطيبة the first two parts are the same as the previous narration that there is no contagion and there is no tiara, these omens that they used to believe in. And the Sheikh says, we've already spoken about the contagion issue previously. Uh, it is the transmittance of disease from a person to another uh, due to their muqarabatihi uh, lahu, uh, because of their mixing and being close to each other or touching each other. And the people of Jahiliya used to believe uh, in these terrible uh, uh, beliefs that it transmits by itself. But we've discussed all of that. And then the new part of the narration is, That the messenger said, Optimism, optimism pleases me. Not pessimism and omens and bad luck, but optimism and trust in Allah with your affairs. That is what pleases me. That a person always has an optimistic outlook on his affairs. Not a person who is always thinking about the bad and this has happened and that's happened and now that's going to happen and now he's going to do this and now and every situation in his mind is always some bad scenario. A person should not be in this pessimistic mindset all the time. This is going to happen now and he's going to do this and that's going to happen. Then what am I going to do and then what am I going to say? A person always with that type of weak mentality is not good. Rather, what is good and pleasing, the messenger said, is to have optimism in your affairs. To have optimism of goodness. You're in some financial difficulty and poverty and hardship, but have optimism that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will facilitate and open up your affairs. You're in some other difficulty in something, but have optimism that Allah will decree a way out and goodness for you. So the messenger used to say, he mentioned, الفأل, that I used to love the optimism. And they asked him, what do you mean exactly by the optimism? And he gave an example, الطيبة, a good word. A good word. فَإِذَا سَمِعَ الشَّخْصُ كَلِمَةً طَيِّبَةً When you hear some good word from someone, you hear a good comment from someone, you hear something good from somebody, then it opens up your heart and it brings about some joy in yourself. Or you, somebody good and pious and righteous comes to you and so you feel good about that and you are optimistic about the affairs and you have good thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. هذا أمر طيب ولهذا كان الفأل يعجب الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم. So he would always have optimism in things. When he heard a good name, he would have optimism about the affairs. When he heard some good statement or speech from someone, he would be optimistic about the affairs. Or if he walked by some, some good place, he would then also have the optimistic outlook always. An optimistic approach to things always. Having the good thoughts of Allah 
in regards to all of your affairs. So that is where we'll conclude on for today then. And inshallah ta'ala, we'll carry on with the remainder of the chapter from next week. Next week, straight after Maghrib again. Inshallah ta'ala, straight after Maghrib next Saturday. So we'll conclude upon that. Any questions or anything to add? The Adhan, actually, you can do the actual Adhan. And they mention that, especially if you're out in the desert or in those kinds of uh, deserted places, and you see these things, and you see whatever's going on or hear whatever, make the Adhan out loud. They mention that, because the Adhan itself is a direct form of dhikr. All the words of the Adhan, every line of the Adhan is a type of dhikr. Hmm. With the Adhan, the bad ones, the runner goes away, but the good one may come to a prayer. Alhamdulillah. The good ones come to pray. There's a true story. I think I mentioned it before. One of the mashayikh, he mentioned it in Saudi Arabia. That there was a man, uh, there was a group of brothers. They went out camping in the forest. A group of brothers went out camping in the forest. True story this, true story. One of the mashayikh in Medina mentioned it. They went out camping and one of the guys from that group, there's always one as they say, he got lost. One guy got lost somewhere from the rest of the group. So that guy then was searching around, searching around, where have they gone, where have they gone, looking around for them, walking around in that wood, in that forest. And uh, it started to get dark. And Maghrib time started to get dark. Maghrib time was coming in. And it came in. Maghrib time came in. So he said, okay, let me pray. And then I'll carry on looking for them. So then he is by himself in the middle of this forest somewhere. Starts praying, Maghrib, Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Maghrib, out loud you recited. So he was reciting it. Waladhaleen. And he's by himself, lost in the forest. Waladhaleen. And then all of a sudden, Ameen. A bunch of voices behind him. And he knew there is nobody there. His group, wherever they were, they were wherever they were. They weren't there. This was a bunch of jinn. From that forest, living in that forest, in that valley. He's praying Maghrib. Jama'ah, mashallah, it's good jama'ah. Let's go do the jama'ah with him. He started Maghrib. And a bunch of jinn came and lined up behind him. Ameen. True story. So yes, the good ones, they'll come and pray. Alhamdulillah. Anybody else? Is there any connection between Kahin and Nimam? Nimam and Kahin. Nimam and Kahin. Nimam and Kahin. Is there any connection between... Nimam and Kahin. Nimam and Kahin. Nimam is the one who carries tales. Kahin is the fortune teller. There's no direct connection, but the point... Of the narration is that a namam is worse than a magician because the tail carrier causes greater corruption with that speech amongst the people. Mm. Go on. Yeah, going to the gym. That are mixed gyms, men and women with music and all types of things going on as well. It is impermissible. There is no other ruling for it. It's impermissible. Women going to the gym, a mixed gym. Everybody knows what types of garments the men and the women they wear at the gyms. Not permissible to be there in that environment completely and utterly mixed in with that. On top of that with the music going on. It is not permissible to go to those types of gyms. 
if a person, you know, sometimes people, they say, go at, some of them are 24 hours these days, go at a certain time, it's never, ever, there's never a person there. Maybe if you're sure of that, absolutely, and there's no music, it's like in those hours where it's dead, they don't turn on the music, they don't, uh, there's nobody there, maybe. But otherwise, it is not permissible to go to these mixed gyms, find some other place, find a men's only time or a men's only gym, or amongst the brothers, perhaps you have some facilities, but going to mixed gyms is not correct. And uh, an advice for the brother who speak loudly, loudly in the mosque and without their knowing uh, bother other, other, other people, other person, especially at the time of the week of Sabah or Masa. No, again, that in, in the Quran it tells you, Do not raise your voices. And uh, uh, in the mosque, especially, there are etiquettes of the masjid. After the prayer, it's not a social club after the prayer. People are still praying. People are reciting the Quran. The mosque does not become a social club after the prayer. You allow the people to do their worship and their ibadah. You want to discuss and relax and talk. Then don't do it here, disturbing those who are still praying, who are still doing their dhikr. Then go outside. You have the corridor. You have outside the, the front car park. But it doesn't become a social club as soon as the salam is given. Other people are still praying. Other people are doing adhkar. So you must remember that. And generally anyway, it's not a place of social discussion even if you're doing it quietly. It's not a place of social discussion about worldly matters and affairs. It's better you take those conversations outside. We'll leave it at that for today then. Inshallah ta'ala will continue next week.